Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to our first Engage for Success podcast uh, radio show of 2019. So, Happy New Year to uh, all our listeners. I hope, uh, hope it was a good break for you, and um, we're excited to get back um, underway with our first uh, guest and our first uh, topic of the year. Um, and today, uh, a slight um, change of plan in terms of um, uh, guest. Um, I'm joined by Alan Wanders. Um, we were billed as having Eamon Tuhami with us, um, but they're both in the same company. We're still going to be talking about the same thing. Um, so I've got Alan with us, and we're going to be talking about uh, the positive benefits of training employees cost-effectively. How can you um, get the benefits of sort of formal training um, if you haven't got the uh, budget to invest in that kind of thing. So um, I'm looking forward to what I'm sure is going to be an interesting um, next 30 minutes, very much from, um, uh, as, as you'll discover when we find out a little bit more about Motivi, very much from uh, the sort of tech sector perspective. Um, but I think um, what, uh, what we will be pulling out as we go along are learnings that um, organisations from other range of uh, backgrounds and spheres can, can draw on in terms of experiences. So, um, Alan, thank you for joining us. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me, Joe. especially at yeah, such short great. notice. Yeah, well, uh, well, more of more a case of thank you to you for, for stepping in. So uh, much appreciated. So perhaps um, we can start off by um, just telling us a little bit about your role at Motivi and then also a little bit about Motivi as an organisation, what they, what they do, what they're about. Okay, so, so I'm Alan Wanders. Um, I head up growth at Motivi, and that basically means that I work with our clients um, to help with their employee engagement and their motivation across the organization, but also mm-hmm. help bring on new clients as well. So, right. so today I'll sort of be um, looking at things from two different perspectives, I hope. I'll be looking at um, employee engagement and how to train employees effectively without such a big budget from the point of view mm-hmm of a, a startup so we're a startup and we're very much interested in how we can get the best engagement from our employees for as little mm-hmm. as possible right um, but right. also um from the perspective of a company that's interested in getting the best out of the engagement from other companies that aren't necessarily looking to training and are looking to alternative routes to training um mm-hmm. okay to to okay. try and get their employees engaged all right, lovely. So, so really, it's a, it's a, you wear kind of two hats. You really one to um, one where you're looking to um, attract new clients to the to the uh, to Motivi, but also um, when you are working with existing clients to help them maximise the value that they're getting from the from the platform. I guess, um, yeah. Okay. That's so, exactly so, right. Yeah. Okay. So. Just um, before I ask you to tell us a little bit about Motivi and what it, what it is as an organisation and what it does, um, let's stick with you for a minute. What, what's your background? Have you always worked in tech? Um, I haven't always worked in tech. I've, I've got a background um, doing PR and then I moved to doing PR uh, for startups like Dropbox and some other exciting Silicon Valley companies. Um, uh-huh. But I moved away from that and I went freelance for a little bit. And I think mm-hmm. it was in my first year of working freelance that I, I met Eamon, who's the, the founder of Motivi, who is supposed to be on today. 
mm-hmm. and um, I just really like what he was doing. So, so Motivi um, is a, a platform to help simplify management. So right. when I was mean, working at, um, so when I was working at these uh, PR companies, I found that I had very little time to sort of look after my direct reports. And even uh-huh. as an employee, I would notice that my managers were had just as much of a workload to get through as I did. And on top of that, mm-hmm. they were responsible for how we were feeling and how we were doing mm-hmm. from day to day. So that mm-hmm. was a real challenge that I felt when I was in those right. businesses. When I moved right. away from those businesses, it was only then that I looked back and I saw that wasn't really right or that wasn't really the best way to go about things. And that's why Motivi sort of drew me as a company because mm-hmm. it was aiming to tackle um, that fundamental lack of time and that fundamental lack of communication and even connection mm-hmm. between direct reports and managers. Okay. Okay. So, so as far as Engage for Success is concerned and um, the four enablers that we talk about in terms of the, the four enablers that help to create a, a highly engaged workforce, is the, you'll know I'm sure that the second enabler um, is the importance of the line manager, line managers who can stretch and coach and encourage and treat their people as individuals, really. And um, I think what you're describing is, is such a classic problem. And it's not just a problem in tech and startups, is it? It's, it's this classic problem that the people, managing people, is often too far down people's priority list simply because they've got too many other things to have to get on with in the course of the day. I, th- I think that's it. And training isn't always given priority as well. So I think mm. it's 45% of the UK workforce go into a role as a manager and they've never had any sort of managerial training. And the difference right. between being an, an executive and working on things and then being a manager where you're expected to coach and encourage mm. and train and lead mm-hmm. is, is a huge difference. But people act as though it's very simple as it's a yeah. very natural progression. But when you're yeah. in that role as manager, it doesn't feel that way at all. No, no. And it's interesting, isn't it? It's, um, it's also the question of the criteria that are used in the selection of or the promotion of people from working in the business to being a, a manager of people. And it's, it's very often the fact that I've sold more, they've sold more, so they get promoted to sales manager or they're, they're very good at, um, I don't know, they're really good at managing the finances so they get promoted to finance manager or they're really good at coding um so they get made a team leader you know it's those sorts of things that aren't necessarily don't necessarily mean you're going to be a great people person unless you actively help support them with getting those people skills exactly and i think the last example you gave of, of someone being an excellent coder and that being a reason for them to to be a good manager without really assessing any other aspect of that person's uh, personality or, or how they'll be in that kind of position without formal training is, is definitely one of the difficulties that is faced in the tech sector at the moment. And one of yeah. the reasons that some companies um, have quite low retention rates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and of course in the sector, that sector particularly, I mean obviously this applies in a lot of sectors, but particularly in that sector, there's a real shortage of talent isn't there there's a lot of competition for good people um so you really can't afford to have a kind of rotating door of talent in talent out and you're constantly trying to you know um, recruit new people 
that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, it works really well for recruitment consultants. I mean, they're, they're really <laughs> cashing in on on um, tech startups uh, mistakes when it comes to how managers are trained and and how people are developed throughout the organization or not developed as it might be. Mm. Um, mm. But, but ultimately, it's it's quite quite risky for the companies involved. But I, I yeah. do think the um, tech startups are really, you know, honing in on how can they improve workplaces as an overall place to work and mm. encourage people to speak freely and to challenge their managers directly and to be open and to talk to people on a more personal level, which I think is the, the backdrop that you really need for good mm. management and mm. for a good relationship mm. between manager and direct reports. I think on top of that comes the training and on top of that comes the um, the kind of know-how and the management frameworks and whatever it is um, that helps people really succeed. But you kind of need that safe kind of environment where people feel like they can do their very best and they'd be very encouraged to do their best. But if they fall below their best, then it's not going to be the end of the world in the short term. Mm. Mm. And, and what, what would you say your, from your experience, um, Alan, how, to what extent do tech companies and particularly tech startups um, realize that? I mean, is it, is the, do, they, do they sort of focus all their efforts on the, the, the bottom line, delivering the money, paying back the investors, and, and people are kind of like way, way down the line in terms of priorities? Or do, do they actually realize that um, engaging their people effectively, creating a positive culture could actually be a real differentiator for them as an organization what would you say is the general sense out there I, I think the general sense is that most tech companies are very aware that they need to from the outset create an engaged workforce and uh-huh. uh, a workforce where everyone knows what their roles are and what they're working towards and if they don't get that right the first time um, then it's going to be very difficult for them because people yeah. share so many responsibilities and you know, there may be one person heading up a department, um, it's very, very important that that person can take responsibility and accountability for what they're doing and also communicate to the business's wider objective. Um, mm. So, so mm. I, think, I think most tech companies are very, very aware um, that engagement is a priority for them. I think where they may fall short slightly is they may wait slightly too long to bring on a head of engagement or a head of people just for um, just for money reasons, really. Mm. Mm. And do you see a difference between UK and your experience from um, Silicon Valley and US type uh, organisations in that sense? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a really big difference between the two, actually. I mean, in the UK, we're not so focused on putting loads of money into these kind of things. I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about it and there are initiatives um, w- within companies um, that work well. But in the US, they're much more committed to putting money into training. So I think the average um, the average training allowance that employees get in the US is three times greater than the UK. In the UK, it's about three hundred pounds, I think, um, and that pretty right. much that pretty much says it all. Right, it does, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so that leads quite 
well, I was going to say that leads quite nicely on to, um, to talk about budgets and what do we do when we don't have very much of a one. But um, perhaps before we answer that question, could you just explain a little bit, um, just in a nutshell, what Motivi actually is? You, you described it as a manager tool to help make management simple, but in a, in a nutshell, what, what, what does it actually do? So, so in a nutshell, it's a, a weekly update that employees do at the end of each week to update their manager on their highlights, their challenges, and their key priorities for the week. They also mm -hmm. answer a couple of post questions, very sort of standard engagement style questions like, um, you know, how stressed are you? Um, how motivated are you at work? Those kind of things. But by asking mm -hmm. each week, it sort of builds a picture of how the employee is doing over the time, um, which managers are able to look back on when it comes to employee reviews, um, as well as make very sort of quick decisions about things and, and step in to support and help employees in the short term as well. Okay. And, and do you think, oh, it sounds quite, quite nifty, um, do, you, do you think that tech companies are more inclined to try to want to find a tech solution to their people management issues? I, I, think, that's, <laughs> I think that's the first thing any tech company will do because, because yeah. tech companies yeah. recognise the value of... Um, Firstly, the the kind of rhythms and the systems um, that tech will will introduce. So, for instance, mm -hmm. our, our weekly update happens each week. It's not a, a framework or a methodology that needs to be introduced and people need to be reminded about. Um, it's something that happens each week, and then people are reminded through emails that it's going to take place. So, in that sense, we've kind of taken away managers having to chase for feedback or chase where different tasks are and that kind of thing um, mm. and, and that's all kind of automated and, and that I think if you're a tech company will be the first thing that you look for you'll look for automating these very slight but time-consuming processes just because you you kind of have an idea that these things can be automated so you'll see yeah. ways that you can you can do that it does make sense, doesn't it? I mean, it's in their DNA, really, isn't it? That the uh, you know, start point will be to look for a tech, a tech solution to a problem. Exactly, yeah. I think sometimes it's not always the best approach. I think mm. um, people can look too hard at tech. People can, can look for tech to solve every problem, but, but yeah. it doesn't do that. It, and we, we, ne we never would say that Motiv is going to solve your problems. We, we, Instead, no. we, we think that tech is a way to enhance the conversations and to surface that insight that you may not uh, be aware yeah. of otherwise as a manager. Yeah. It's an enabler. It's not an end in itself, but it's not replacing humanity. Exactly, yeah. I, I, think, yeah. I think most people are kind, of, are kind of wise to that, but you do get the occasional, um, you know, people studying the dashboards of, of their employees' insights and their team's insight and seeing how it changes and not really taking action on what it's saying and not really mm. looking behind or at the reasons behind whether it's their employees' performance or whether it's the, the feedback they're getting through Motiv, um, that some people can be a bit too number fixated. And yes, the point is yes, I, to take the numbers yeah. and to digest them and to go out. Yeah, say and understand what they really mean. You know, what what and what can I? What do I need to do to change this? What what's causing it? Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. I, yeah. I have to apologise both to you and uh, and our listeners. I've got a streaming cold today, so I'm uh, I'm sitting here to, um, trying my very best not to sneeze. So um, bear with me <laughs> on that one. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. It's, it's fine if you do. 
<laughs> well, I don't think it would be. It would probably blow your headphones out. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, so let, let's let's move on then to, to talk, talk practically. Then I'm I'm a I'm a, um, working in an organisation. I recognise that um, actually I could do with um, getting some training messages across to my people. I'm I'm or I'm not happy with the kind of way people are behaving. How can I uh, how can I help? make that better if I haven't really got the kind of big budget to throw at it for sort of you know sending them on a course or something I, th- I think the most important thing to begin with is to identify the the two or three things that you really want to achieve through training mm-hmm. so if it's a, if it's a mindset or if it's an approach that you'd like managers to take what, what would that be in its simplest form or if it's a way of redistributing accountability across the organization, for instance, if you want employees um, to become more self-dependent and uh, more take more initiative for tasks and that kind of thing, um, is, is that the most important thing? It, it could mm-hmm. be a, a range of things, but it's about identifying what the most important outcomes are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, if you look at any sort of training program it will come under a a big header whether it's sort of agile management or or any of these things but it's not necessarily that important what it's called or or even what the the methodologies are to get there sometimes what's more important is how you can embed that program or the the very essential nuggets of that program into the way your people work together right now. And the easiest way to do that is just by identifying those two or three things that you want to change most of all. And by identifying those, you may be able to come up with ways to introduce that type of change, for instance, through um, monthly objectives as opposed to quarterly or a, uh, a weekly annual survey as opposed to a annual one. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's also about making small iterations along the way. So training is often just a one-off thing. We may have yearly training, that kind of thing. That's not necessarily guiding behavior, and that's not necessarily taking people on a journey where they can reflect on how they're doing over time. Yeah, so in other words, what you're saying really is that the the one-off kind of training course or training event or work or whatever is it's all it's all fine and dandy at the time but it's not necessarily got the the staying power for when people come back or you know it's 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 that sort of lost momentum that can be a real challenge and so what you're describing is doing smaller things more more frequently I think aren't aren't you exactly yeah I think um I think most people would agree that training is probably the best way to introduce change to an organization if it's done really well. Mm-hmm. But training does have a half-life and it becomes less effective over time. So a training yeah. session on, on day one may be all but forgotten on day 260 or whatever mm. it is. So mm. I'm, I'm suggesting that there needs to be some sort of mechanism for reminding people or nudging people or getting people to work together in the ways that was agreed by the, the training or was suggested by the training. 
um, yeah. at a team level first, probably, but also mm. at an organisational level, just from the for the ease of HR. Yeah, is it just to use the word nudge there? Um, I mean, are you are you talking here about things like nudge theory and and, and that kind of behavioural behavioural economics type of approach? Yeah, I mean, we're we're very sort of close to to nudge theory. We we read quite a lot about it because we're very interested in it. It's fascinating, um, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's really really interesting, and it really works as well. So if you look at um, any sort of agile process, it, it may not be the the very formal definition of an agile process to um, to make tiny nudges and tiny iterations over time in a less in a more flexible way. Mm. But if you've got those very fundamental parts of an agile process, so you've got the the weekly stand-up or, or scrum or whatever it is you want to call it, you've got the um, the reviews where you look back on how things are going and you make those small changes. If you've got those small parts in place, then it can go a really long way. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I guess it's, also, it's so much, isn't it, about maintaining momentum with these things. You know, there's... Uh, I sort of see this in other in other areas of, of business. It's, it's, people always start off with such the greatest of intentions, um, and you know a real desire to do something that makes a difference and makes a change. But they, they kind of so often, sadly, sort of fall by the wayside and wither on the vine, don't they? Um, so you're, you're describing the need to perhaps um, do smaller interventions more frequently and to do them in a in a structured way um i think it is what you're saying isn't it so how can tech help with that alan so so tech kind of or it can provide the framework that people go through these processes on a daily or or weekly basis whatever it Mm. is so things like uh trello that oh yeah yeah um I'm, I'm not sure if you engage, use Trello. Engage it's just a, well, engage for success. Engage for success uses Trello in its uh, with some of its projects. Actually, I personally haven't worked with it, but um, I am aware of it because a lot of these things are, are, they don't actually cost any money, do they? No, you can use them for free to an extent, which, which mm. is really good. Mm. Um, mm. But, but then you can go that works. exactly, yeah. And it's all about trying out different things, and if something doesn't work or you know, there's only a, a bit of it that you like, then maybe you can even build that in an Excel spreadsheet yourself. It's yes. it's about taking a very sort of DIY approach to um, okay. to these kind of things, but also knowing what, what's out there. Yes. So very yes. different types of um, planning and, and task management and um, engagement or feedback software will, will work for very different types of teams. Um, mm. And it can be too much to expose your team to all of these at once and, and get them to choose because there's not enough time and you don't want to distract them and, and that kind of thing. So it's about just yeah. doing as much research as you can and almost rebuilding or remodeling um, in Excel. Mm. I love that idea, the, actually. Those that, things that, that you really like. Me up. Yeah, that's cheered me up enormously, the whole idea that we could we could, you know, re, re, reinvigorate, reinvent Excel, Excel to sort of just initially think about what it is we're trying to do. So, in other words, we'll just create a little bit of a, a kind of almost like a little bit of a process map and a, and a sort of structure. Um, 
in in good old Excel and uh, and then see about trying to do something a little bit more creatively or a little bit more uh, in a bit more of an engaging way because everyone's exactly. got Excel, you, you, haven't they? And and we sort of view Excel as a very very crude kind of very rudimentary version of of any web app. Uh-huh. So any developer will use code that you can use in Excel. All right. All, okay. all the functions that you use in Excel you can will be used by a developer at some point. Obviously, mm. it's much shinier, <laughs> and you wouldn't want to yeah. roll out to a whole organization with this this fantastic Excel doc because because that's horrible, and no one will want to I use do, it. I have um, seen it done. Very... I have seen it done, and it's hideous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a very, very good way to to prototype and decide what it is you want to do. Mhm, mhm. And I guess also, I mean, you could you could pilot something in that way as well, couldn't you? In a really small in a really small scale, you could just see whether the methodology is working, see whether the the chronology and the sequence is working from a spreadsheet perspective. Oh, 100%, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so we we actually. I've done that with a couple of um, kind of feature ideas just to test them. Mm-hmm. So okay. what we've done is we've just got an Excel spreadsheet and we've added in the, the formulas um, that would do something equivalent to what most of you would look like. And we've just tested whether that fundamental mechanism would work with a mm. few groups of people from, from different clients. And it's just a really, really good way to find out whether you should be putting more time into it, whether you should be putting more resource into um, that specific thing, and also what can be changed, and, and whether you were going down the right path in the first place. Yes, yeah, that's that's fascinating. Okay, so um, we've coming, we've got about four minutes left, um, Alan. So, what what do you think from your experience are the are the challenges that organisations face most often in terms of effectively delivering this sort of training to people, changing behaviour? Um, I, I think I think the main challenge, the one I'm going to really hone in on, is is consistency. So mm-hmm. consistency around how often people should be doing that one thing, or how often managers um, should be having. Um, weekly team meetings or, or going over objectives or that kind of thing, um, that, that's a really, really important one because without consistency, people kind of forget the, the overall company goals. They forget the reason why they're doing that in the first place. And it's very, very difficult to, when you've rolled something out or you've rolled out a new um, initiative or, or, or whatever it is, if, if there's not some sort of check in place to keep the structure together, so if there's not a, a a weekly or monthly touch point to remind people of the reason they're doing it, then it's going to be very, very difficult for that to be front of mind for employees with everything else they've got going on. Yes, yes. And then, of course, they, they become cynical and disengaged, don't they, when you... Um, when you maybe talk about something else, they'll they'll be talking about oh well we tried this this is just another initiative oh they you know they talked about doing something like this before and it and it just sort of withered on the vine. Um, so it does it 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 can cause real disengagement, can't it? And just be seen I, as I think so. fatigue. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think another. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, no, I realise no, that we may be. I, I think another point is that. Um, it's important to to tell a narrative 
to your employees um, from the HR department, and it's uh-huh. it's not always it's not always that important to be seen as being correct or to be doing the right thing all the time. It's okay to say, okay, we tried this and it didn't necessarily work, or um, or any of this. It's just important to to take people on that journey with you, so they don't feel confused, so they don't feel like they're being bombarded with different solutions or different initiatives or whatever it is. It's yeah. it's supposed to be to be linear, really. Yeah. It's okay and, to and be that, a bit vulnerable as well. Absolutely, and that that absolutely, I think it's really important. I mean, that comes back to transparency, doesn't it? And honesty and openness and and not spinning everything and not not putting the corporate path on the message and just being quite honest. Um, it's all about trust, isn't it, at the end of the day? And you earn that trust, I think, by putting your hands up when something hasn't worked quite and saying, well, actually, it didn't really do quite what we thought, but we learned from that and we know that we need to do X, Y, Z instead. And, and people will buy into that, won't they? They they will, yeah. And it's it's quite amazing sometimes when I go into clients and they're asking me because we demo the products and we say oh you can put your company values in here next to your objectives and they ask me what the <laughs> the company values are for their company ah. they, <laughs> oh my god but, yeah no, well that's a, that's a topic for a whole new a whole other radio show I think Alice but uh, yeah I think that's so. unfortunately quite quite regular I'm sure quite a regular occurrence so excellent look we, we've come right to the end of the show um so it all really that remains is for me to um thank our listeners for listening um thank you Alan for joining us as I say for stepping in at the 11th hour as well which was great and for giving us some thoughts about how we can actually approach uh, behavior change in terms of training um with some less than um uh, highly, highly, you know, high budget, high ticket items. So, thank you very much for, for joining us, and um, goodbye. Thank you for having me. Bye bye. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Bye bye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.